0: Welcome to the last episode of our Decade in Film series, our top 10 of the 1970s, one of the most incredible decades of film ever. Uh, The Best Picture winners alone deserve their own museum. And we've done the 2010s, the 2000s, the 90s, and the 80s, and we're capping it with the 70s. We're going to stop here for a while because we still have a lot of research to do for the 60s and back. But one day we will do them because we're never going to stop checking out old films. And, you know, learning is fun in any medium, Indeed. especially film. Indeed. So without further ado, let's go into this. You guys know the drill. I'm Connor Izagary. I'm Austin Johnson. Welcome to Filmgasm. So the seventies, I know you've had a love affair with the seventies for a very long time. It's, I know it's one of your favorite, if not your favorite decade of film. Yeah. Uh, as far as like my top, top of the
1: top. Yeah. This is my favorite decade (laughs) now, obviously in the 2010s, 2000s, 90s, I've seen a lot more. Yeah. But what I've seen when it comes to like the, uh, like the, you know, cream of the crop. Yeah. The seventies is my favorite. And like you said, Patton, French connection, Godfather. The Steam, Godfather 2, Wumpa Cuckoo's Nest, Rocky, Kramer vs. Kramer, you know, like, come on, these are like, Deer Hunter, these are crazy good movies. Crazy good.
0: What am I missing? 78. 78. No, the- Kramer
1: vs. Kramer, uh, what am I missing? 79, 79 was
0: Kramer vs. Kramer, 78 yeah, was me- The Deer Hunter, 77 was Annie Hall. There you go. I was missing,
1: yeah, Ro- in there between Rocky and, yeah. So, But damn. <laughs> great, great movies. Good run. Great movies. And, yeah, uh, I have, uh, you know, I won't say how many I have in here. I have two. I just have two of those in here. I have three. (laughs) Okay. Okay. This is going to get interesting. Well, without further ado, let's jump into this. All right. My number 10, I believe, will be on your list. Yes. It is John Carpenter's 1978
0: Halloween. Yep. That's on my list. (laughs) Where is that at for you? That is my number five. Okay. Cool. Cool. (laughs)
1: Um, You know, Halloween is a quintessential John Carpenter. Oh, yeah. A quintessential slasher. Quintessential horror. Uh, everything, you know, it just kind of fits. It's one of the tent poles. Yeah, yeah in every, uh, it fits in every little box that you want to put in it. It's just perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Um, uh, uh, what's your favorite thing about the Halloween, aside from it just being a perfect film?
0: It's so bare bones. It's yes. Carpenter, Carpenter. he did so much with just psycho stalks, babysitters on Halloween, and he turned it into this massive franchise it's that never good. got any better than it did the first time. Agreed. Michael Myers, he turned him into an, a horror icon. People you know, people list him along, you know, Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers. He's up there with yeah. the best of the best, the most recognizable horror faces ever. Yes. But I think he's the best. Oh, he's yeah. the scariest. Not even close, yeah. This movie is terrifying. <laughs> Still. And it's so brilliant. His music is iconic as hell. <sighs> it's mind-blowing how beautiful this movie is. He could have just half-assed it. He could have just said, all right, here's your shitty movie. But no, he turned it into something amazing. And I respect the fuck out of that. Me too. Oh my gosh, yeah.
1: Halloween is spectacular. I think you and I agree that the 2018 one's probably the second best. Easily, Uh, Easily. It just, it (laughs) it finally captured what we love about Halloween, Mm -hmm. what we love about Michael Myers. Uh, Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. It it is the practicality that John Carpenter brings to the set, to his projects is fucking uncanny. It's crazy. And Halloween... I will have no qualms with anyone who said that that's his masterpiece. No qualms. I mean, I love like five of his movies, like a love, love. Yeah. And he, you know, this is so big for horror. So therefore it's huge for filmgasm, huge for myself, huge for Connor, huge for Caleb, huge for Josh. Yeah. We all
0: adore this movie. We've covered it on the podcast before. Yes. Last Halloween, we did this. Had to what was it? Solid episode. And And, uh, yeah,
1: and it's, it's, it's also like very dear to my heart because it's like my girlfriend's favorite movie of all time. Oh, that's awesome. Brianna is obsessed (laughs) with Halloween. Uh, We've watched it so many times together just since we, since we started dating. And of course, you know, since we had Willow we watch movies all the time together, and this is just always going to be there. Always. Um, I think if she was making a seventies list, it would be number one, (laughs) (laughs) but it's my number 10. Um, Yeah. So what's your number 10?
0: Fantastic. All right. Well, my number 10 (laughs) is the, 1975 big five Oscar winner. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. Oh, that's a shit film. <laughs> Why would you have that in your top 10? Well, I like
1: it. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, uh, for all of you who, who have listened before, that's, that's my number one. Oh boy. All uh, right. I think one flew the cuckoo's nest is possibly the greatest film like ever. Uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. It is a fantastic <laughs> And we movie. just did it. We
0: just did it. Yeah. I think like two, two or three weeks ago. Yeah. With the shining. With the shining. And, uh, it, I hadn't seen it in years, and I fell in love with it. It's an amazing movie. One of the most entertaining dramas bordering on comedy at times, but a film that pisses you off. And in the end, still kind of leaves you hanging with like, well, shit's not going to get better, but at least it got better for somebody. <laughs> and one of the few films to really earn Best Picture. Yeah. I mean, obviously it
1: ran up against some un, like unprecedented, this is a legendary Oscar year. Yeah. 75 is one of the best years ever in film. For, as far as like the top heavy American cinema, I can't speak for everything else that happened. But when you talk about the Oscars, 75 is one of those years. You think about like 1939 and you think about 1975. Yes. That's just how it fucking is. <laughs> uh, I think we'll be talking about another 1975 movie later. Yeah, probably. We'll, we'll get there. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, One Flew Over is great, man. Um, I'll talk about it again later. Um, but yeah, we are, just listen to our episode. We break down every fucking scene. Every little thing that Jack Nicholson does is gold. So that's <laughs> yeah, awesome. Great pick, of course. Uh, I, that is cool that you like rewatched and it was that powerful or you're like, oh man, I gotta put it in my top 10. Yeah, that's absolutely. really cool. I love that. That's the power of rewatching, baby. <laughs> uh, my number nine. I'm curious to see if this will be on yours. This is actually the only Martin Scorsese movie I've had at any of my um uh, List and that would be 1976's Taxi Driver. Wow, well, I have on. not had a Scorsese movie. You because, haven't, because I cut out. Um, you know, 2010. There haven't hasn't been anything. Silence was good, but it's very slow and very. It's not very Scorsese, I guess. The big well, shocker was Goodfellas. Yeah, was not which but that's either. the 90s. You know, yeah. like I got a Reservoir Dogs. You know, you just you. Yeah, the 90s was really hard for me. Uh, all my favorite filmmakers like came out at that time and like you know, started making movies. But this is um. I think this is my favorite aside from the last waltz, but the last waltz is technically a documentary. So I did not include it in this list because I wanted to stop doing that. I wanted to do just straight 10 films. It, it, to me, it just, it opens up too many doors maybe Mm -hmm. when you have documentaries. And I don't think I've seen enough documentaries to really say like this one's the best. Yeah. But the last waltz is my favorite thing that Scorsese has ever done. But taxi driver is my favorite film of his. I mean, Bobby De Niro. Come on, man. (laughs) Possibly his greatest performance. Uh, and one of those movies that has influenced so many other movies, including oh, yeah. 2019's Joker. Yeah. Uh, to a fucking T. I don't mind that one bit. No, nah, man. Because I, I get it. I've wanted to make a movie like tax taxi driver. You know what I mean? It's just intoxicating stuff. And watching Bobby is like, it's a treat. Watching Bobby in the seventies is one of the coolest things you can do as someone who watches movies. <laughs> That's one of the best things you can do for yourself is go back and watch all this old shit. Watch mean streets, you know, watch this, uh, He's just, he's the fucking man. Again, I would have no qualms with someone saying he's the best actor of all time. That kind of stuff. You know, that's the kind of stuff that's happening in the seventies. Do you have this on here? I do not. Uh, Scorsese, any seventies or no? Um, probably not. Yeah. If this is not on there. Yeah. No Scorsese. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously we both, both love his work. I think you're a bigger fan than I am, but Taxi Driver holds like a very special place in my heart. Always will. Um, yeah, wow, uh, Halloween Taxi Driver, two movies that, <laughs> it just gets better from here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Damn, starting strong. Yeah, no
1: kidding, what's your number nine?
0: My number nine is another Best Picture winner, the ultimate underdog story, 1976's Rocky. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Maybe the best boxing movie ever made. Possibly. The film that made Sylvester Stallone's career, and still in a fun, just heartwarming watch. It's the Great little movie. guy taking on the big guy. And make it an impact.
1: When you got great stuff like him
0: running through Philly, that actually happened. That shit, people didn't know who he was. Yeah, I love that stuff, man. He wrote it. Like this was his movie. This was his baby. I love the story that he um, he sold his dog at the time in order to get like I think rent money or something. He was he was dirt poor. He was living. He was homeless, basically, trying to make this movie. And once he once he made uh, got the movie made, made some money off it. He immediately went and got his dog back. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Yeah god damn well what yeah what'd you expect from sylvester Come rocky on. started a killer franchise and honestly for me has no bad movies i love all of the rocky movies
1: um i'm not a big fan of
0: five i don't mind five, five there's is, things about five it's, i like
1: it's fine yeah but you know i'm just huge into one and four huge mm-hmm.
0: huge into those two i'm a big rocky three guy that's that, that's fair <laughs> you like the creed movies i love the creed movies, creed movies are good man yeah, yeah. yeah. I couldn't say enough about Rocky. I fucking love it. I'm not a big into, I'm not a really big sports guy. Sports movies are rare. Boxing's you know, like different, it, man. Yeah. But boxing movies, I adore boxing movies.
1: Yeah, boxing's all about me and you, you know, one yeah. on one. Um, That's a battle. Those are warriors. Yeah, it's like watching two gladiators, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah. That one scene where like Rocky and Apollo are going at it or they're about to go at it. Apollo is still treating this as kind of a goofy exhibition and yeah. Rocky just knocks his ass down and he's like, fuck, this is a real fight. <laughs> and they, then it starts turning into a battle. Yeah. Mm, God, so I, cool. every time, man. So I cool. love that movie to death. Rocky. It's,
1: it's a classic. It is. There's a reason it won Best Picture, man. It's an Awesome movie. Oh, yeah. All right, so down to number eight. Uh, number, number eight for me is 1973, uh, The
0: Exorcist. Oh, shit.
1: William well done. F- William Friedkin, one of his masterpieces. I'll talk about another one later. And he is, <laughs> ah, man, this guy. This guy knows how to make great films. <laughs> and The Exorcist is one of the more interesting horror movies to talk about, in my opinion, because it is not really um, scary so much as it is an atmospheric movie yeah. and a movie about the definition of horror and what horror means to us. And there's conversations in the film that t- to this day I point at for my love of horror, for my love of, for really my love of that whole, the whole s- spiritual world of whatever you believe is going to be true. And that's said multiple times in the exorcist, like the human mind, if it goes to a certain place, it's going to be true yeah. because they believe it. So if I believe something, if I believe something strong enough, if I think a demon is possessed, you know, has possessed me strong enough, it has. And that's horror, man that's fucking horror and The Exorcist is timeless
0: it's so cool that you look at The Exorcist from a
1: psychological perspective that's really cool oh I definitely do I definitely do the <laughs> scenes with Ellen Burstyn and the doctor are the best scenes of the movie a lot of people would say oh, fuck me fuck me all the weird stuff and they heard spitting out green shit I've seen that before since you know maybe not in the 70s but like I've seen that now you know yeah. I'm more about the yeah the, the conversations that are happening I think the writing here is genius and again, again, the construction of, you know, this film from William Friedkin is yeah. know, out of this world. Like, he's he's just a master in the seventies. You know, one of those guys. So, uh, yeah, I I love The Exorcist. We recently got to do it. Um, we're gonna be doing The Exorcist too soon. A uh, couple weeks, I think. Or- yeah.
0: Well, by the time this comes out, we'll have done it. Yeah, you're right. You're back. right. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: that'll be long. Yeah, that'll be long
0: gone by this. Yeah, yeah. By the time you guys are listening to this. Yeah. Personally, with The Exorcist, I think that. There was no devil. I think that that kid just had a very serious case of nerves. And uh, the doctor said it, and I agree. Nervous kid. Can't work with that. Nervous ass kid, man. Yeah, come on. (laughs) Cat Uh, stars. Cat today. (laughs) God, I love it.
1: (laughs) What's your number eight?
0: (laughs) (laughs) My number eight is another movie about fighting, but a movie about a different kind of fighting. A movie about martial arts. A movie... That inspired countless yes. martial arts films. 1973's Enter the Dragon. Woo! What a year. 1973. <laughs> God damn. Bruce Lee's masterpiece. Regrettably, he died before the film came out. You yep. didn't get to see how big a hit this was, but it remains the most influential martial arts film of all time. For sure. So much fun. It's basically Mortal Kombat. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> the world's greatest fighters are invited to this island to compete against this psycho's, you know fighters Bruce Lee uh this guy killed his sister and he's there to you know fuck shit up take this guy down you've got you know Jim Kelly and John Saxon like this movie yeah dude is off the fucking charts it really entertaining is. It you really got is. a young Jackie Chan yeah as one of the stunt guys people forget that shit that's yeah. incredible yeah this this movie is so much fun Such so a entertaining wild fucking movie and it's it's the movie that made Bruce Lee Bruce Lee oh my god yeah <laughs> and, and
1: sometimes things like that like I know it sounds weird saying like it worked out, but like the fact that he died and then it came, you know, it's just kind of this like. It turned him into a legend. Yeah. It's kind of like the same way when Dark Knight came out. Heath Ledger yeah. had died. It's like, oh, well, now I got to see that shit, you know? Or in utero after Kurt Cobain died and said, like, oh, now I got to listen to that album, you know? Yeah. That shit happens. It's with a us. shame
0: that that's how it works, but we are a morbid society. Yeah. And we are morbidly curious. And For sure. Death makes us, you know, intrigues us. It's fucked up, but it's true. Yeah be you know weird not mentioned. let's see
1: this work because they're never going to be able to do it again
0: you know that sort of that sort of thing it's crazy not what the studio said about Bruce Lee because they made a couple more movies using stunt doubles and cardboard cutouts looking at you Game of Death one and two Jesus good lord but End of the Dragon stands on its own it's a flawless film indeed indeed Uh, my
1: brother had a poster in his room since we were kids and I was always just like that's a badass you know (laughs) Bruce Lee is a badass. Oh, hell yeah. There's no other way. And then you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and you're like, maybe he's not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oof, that upset a lot of people. I know.
1: That scene is so good, though. You know, I can't, I don't care. I don't care what anybody does, you know. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, Killer. It was more funny just watching, like, Brad Pitt, you know. Fight Bruce Lee. (laughs) Throw him a new car, yeah. And be like, you know, it was kicking your ass. Oh, the car says otherwise, you know. All that stuff's great. Nope, just want to say on record, nobody beat the shit out of Bruce. nobody oh my god (laughs) i we get to do a fight i accidentally kill you i go to jail
0: (laughs) anybody kills somebody in a fight they go to jail it's It's called called manslaughter Manslaughter. (laughs) (laughs) oh that's good
1: that's a good pick man i wasn't expecting that i like that a lot
0: yeah man off the wall
1: i've only seen it a couple times so i need to i probably need to revisit it soon it might yeah it might move up in my rankings (laughs) uh so that was your number eight yes moving to number seven uh i've only seen this movie one time Recently. I actually wrote a review for it. Hmm. Rocked, rocked my socks off. And it's 1973 again. And it would be Coffee.
0: Coffee! Starring Pam Greer. I had a feeling this was going to come up. Yeah.
1: <sighs> yeah, I, I don't like putting movies that I've only seen once. But it didn't matter with Coffee. There, it's It, it happens every once in a while where I see something. Uh, we talked about Itchy the Killer not too long ago. Yeah. I gave that a 10 out of 10 after seeing it once. Because uh, I felt very, very strongly about it. Yeah, and I'm feeling more confident about um, talking about a movie after I see it these days, uh, because I'm just watching more and more stuff. And Coffee was a movie I was like, "All right, it's one of Tarantino's favorite movies. Pam Greer's in it. It's one of the one of the like major staples in uh, black exploitation in the '70s. I got to see it. You got to check it out." Woo! boy, this is a violent <laughs> piece of piece of shit movie. It's <laughs> it is awesome. You, you, there, there's no nothing really um, good about it. <laughs> redeemable there's a lot of death a lot of titties a lot of a lot of drugs a lot of crazy stuff you know it's wild wild movie hour and a half of just fucking you know right in your face and it's great (laughs) pam Greer, man i i can't say enough about her i i I, you know jackie brown's one of my favorite movies i had in my top 10 for the 90s so once i saw that i was like well what else did this lady do like she's awesome well tarantino kind of saved her career uh during the 70s she was a fucking star you know and then things kind of, you know, the film industry changed a little bit. Yeah. And people weren't needing actors like her as much, which sad to say, because the black exploitation stuff was kind of dying down in the 80s and stuff. So back in 97, when he did that for her, you know, got out of that role, it's just created this whole phenom around her where people like me are like, well, I want to see the stuff in the past. And this is one of the ones I started with. I've seen the arena. That one's pretty wild. But coffee just stuck with me because the story is fucking insane. I'll give you a little, you know, her, a little base summary. Her, her sister ends up being addicted to drugs in the city because of these, these horrible drug dealers, and she's like, well, I would just want to kill them all. So that's what she's set out to do, is kill all the people who sell drugs in the city. Shit. Doesn't matter. I don't <laughs> care if they're big, small. Just kill them, you know? Let's just get them. Wow. It's awesome. It's great. <laughs> you're wa- yeah, you're watching a, you know, confident, like, black woman with this awesome fro just Fucking go ham on these guys! It's great, <laughs> great stuff, and a wonderful finale. Yeah, you got to check it out, man. Oh it's hell on, yeah! It's on Prime right now. So anyone who wants to see Pam Greer kick some ass, <laughs> and occasionally see like you know some strippers titties at at the at the club that whatever club they're at in the movie, you know it. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's not for everybody, but yeah, definitely for <laughs> definitely for me. And I think you'll love it. It's it, again, it's I saw it on Tarantino's like top twenty movies ever. So, oh, I guess I got to see that. I can't say it's in my top twenty ever. Yeah. But it's it's in my top ten of, of this decade because it stands out so strong and kind of defines a part of the '70s for me. Yeah, that I don't know enough about, but I love. You know, um, you know. I think you recently saw after Eddie Murphy's Dolomite is My Name came out. You watched Dolomite. Yes. Which was your first black
0: exploitation film. Yes. This should be your second. Okay. Yeah, it's great. Fuck yeah, man! Right on. <laughs> my number seven. Interesting that you brought up The Exorcist. Because I believe there was a film that came out just three years later that perfected the satanic film, and that is 1976 as The Omen. Yes! One of I most, thought about this one. Oh, dude. One so of the most good. disturbing, creepiest horror movies ever made. Ugh. You don't see dick. It's all atmosphere and implication. It is all how much do you believe in the devil and his power on Earth? It is one of the most brilliant horror films ever made. Gregory Peck and... I don't, honestly, he's doing only cast member I got off the top of my head. Me Patrick too. Troughton. It's a film that rests entirely on the music, pretty much. Just the tone. Dude, yeah. the tone, the satanic chanting, and the idea that this child who you've been raising, this child who's not your kid, your kid died and you just took this other kid, way to fuck up your family life, but this kid is the devil. It's the Antichrist, and... Knowing that information, how do you process that? Like, what do you do if you found out your child is the devil? Go to church. Go to church. You can't go to church. Yeah, that's (laughs) we see. (laughs) Previous. Yeah. My God. Great movie. The Omen. Every time I watch it, I fall back in love with it. I'm like,
1: we did that. We did that a few months back.
0: Yeah. Awesome movie. Oh, dude. Remake sucks, but awesome movie. Remake
1: sucks. Uh, I love Liev Schreiber, so like, I would hope, you know, but whatever. Shit happens. That movie is.
0: For fucking frightening oh yeah i think my favorite bit is the glass oh dude dude she's it, it. yeah david warner's decapitation dude my favorite scene without a doubt is when the nanny shows up at the hospital oh yeah 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 oh, and the dude. music swells and you realize and the mom realizes that she is the protector uh-huh. and she just chucks mom right at the fucking window I also love hmm. the zoo scene. Oh, that was brilliant. Off the wall. You know, like I've never seen <laughs> anything like that. The animals being like, nope, no, nope, nope, get, mm-hmm. get in the fuck out of here. Because animals can read
1: that shit. Yeah. 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 Are they better than humans. Yeah. Oh, God. I Great love, movie. I love the I, th- to death. I thought about this
0: one for a while. That is one of my favorite horror films of all time and a freakish watch. Yeah. And no kidding. Again, like, unlike The Exorcist, you don't see anything, there's nothing visual in mm-hmm. the movie. It's all tone and implication. And I love that atmosphere is everything in a horror movie to me. Yes, very much. So mm. <laughs> wonderful pick <laughs> that gets us to
1: our top sixes. Yeah. Um, have, you know. we, have we, we revealed one of your, well, we got, yeah. yeah um, Halloween's my five. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So my number six, speaking of John Carpenter, the 1976 assault on precinct 13. <laughs> you got to smoke. <laughs> uh, Oh Yeah. Just watch it. (laughs) I don't think enough people, well, obviously enough people have seen it. One of the best action movies I've ever seen. Without a doubt. doesn't stop. No. Once it gets going, it does not stop. Yeah. Some of the most breathtaking scenarios in a movie where you're like, dude, (laughs) these people have to band together that just never would, you know, that never would in any normal situation. (laughs) But as they're, you know, Assault on Precinct 13, you know, as these this cop and these criminals are, you know, together defending other criminals. Is just the coolest idea to have to be inside of a police station defending, like as if it's a fort. But there's a criminal inside. You know, it's just so cool. Such a great, creative idea. And Carpenter again, the simplistic, you know, practicality, everything. He's just perfect. He knows exactly what he wanted to do. And this this movie's early in his career, and it does not have much money going for it. Nah, this is a so second movie. So you can tell that he is, every single thing has, has a purpose. The camera is moving. You should watch because it's, there's a reason it's doing that. You know, he didn't have the luxury of having millions and millions of dollars to do whatever the fuck he wanted. He had to make sure that everything was right.
0: And I think that him not having much on this movie showed he learned tricks on how to do so much with so little exactly he would later use in every film he did after this yeah and this is the film that got his got people's attention got him the halloween gig and then from there he just took off exactly so you can thank this movie for john carpenter's career yeah dude
1: it's so good (laughs) it is so good i we watched it uh again a few months we did an episode on it a few months ago um what was our bonus for it that was our bonus for halloween Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Duh. Cause it wouldn't be, yeah, it's not really horror. Um, but it kind of, it's pretty scary. Like there's a scene where a kid's getting ice cream, you know, and oh. he gets, he gets killed. You know, it's just brutal. I mean, the beginning of the movie is brutal. And then, and then, and then you get into the police state and it's just, yeah, it just doesn't stop. doesn't stop. It's great. I could watch it like over and over. I, I'm, I need to find it because your, your uncle gave it to us on Blu ray, like yep. let
0: us borrow it. It's a tough movie to find. I know, I know. I've, yeah. I've, I've looked. <laughs> and, and if you do find it like on eBay, it's kind of expensive. So yeah. I'm like, ah. if I stumble upon it, I'll let you know.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I need it, man. It's so <laughs> damn good. Gotta smoke. One of the Holy coolest fucking Wilson. One man. of the coolest like smokers who doesn't actually get to smoke. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. great. It's great.
0: Oh, beautiful. Salt and preceptive that nearly made it into my top 10 it's yeah, yeah. i love it i love it so much
1: <laughs> carpenter like yeah for a guy that i was introduced to like two years ago he's
0: just so so much it's in my such life. such an untapped cache of beautiful films yeah. god <laughs> don't you uh, i can't uh, imagine finding carpenter for the first time now at age 23 Jeez. and
1: then now i'm 25
0: yeah yeah it's great oh you have so much cool shit to see oh <laughs> uh, that's awesome man it's great <laughs> I, what
1: should be next for me to see of his? Because I've seen... They live. Okay, yeah. yeah. And, the, and The Fog. Those and are the, the two fog. I want to see. Yeah. Definitely they live, though. Because, yeah, I mean, to me, like, Halloween is
0: perfect. Have you seen Christine? No. That's a good. we were going to do that. We were going to do that before we...
1: And that's gar- a Stephen
0: yeah. King? That's a Stephen King yeah. done by Carpenter. <gasps> and it's it's good. It's really good. Christ. Yeah. His Christine is a is the good adaptation. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, he's <laughs> awesome. He's awesome. Killer. Awesome, man. So that was your six? Yes. My number six is another Best Picture winner, highly regarded as possibly the greatest film of all time, 1972's The Godfather. Yeah. And a lot of people think, you know, does it deserve that title? Is it just overrated? No, it's not. No, it's not. The Godfather deserves the title of greatest film of all time. It is mind-blowingly fantastic. And it's all performance. Marlon Brando, Al Pacino... Robert Duvall, Diane Keaton, Talia Shire, James Kahn. I mean, John Cazale just doesn't stop. It really doesn't. And it is such an incredible movie of, you know, the passing, the torch to the son who's going to get this done. I love seeing this side of the mafia of, you know, to Vito Corleone, they are, their family first and a crime syndicate second. Yeah. But nobody else sees it that way. And he doesn't want Michael to be... Like him, but Michael is the best man for the job. Yeah, because he is ruthless, and I, I never, I never fail to be amazed by that by Marlon Brando's performance in this I, movie. I know, man, and a really young Al Pacino who they didn't even want. Like Coppola had to fight for him. They didn't want Coppola. They didn't want Coppola. Coppola was like the twelfth pick or some yeah, shit. Yeah, this it's, movie it's never should have worked. It had so much production issues, so much problems getting made. And the finished product is timeless. It
1: became like one of the best one-two punches of all time. Oh my God. I mean, yeah, because you have Brando and then De Niro plays the...
0: What? (laughs) It's fucking nuts. A lot of people love Godfather 2 over this one, and I totally get that. I personally prefer the first one. It's got Brando. I think it's tighter. I think it's more, uh, honestly, easier to follow at times. Yes. I think part two is stuffed pretty full. It is. But... And Brando is just mesmerizing. It I really know. comes down to Brando. <laughs> I know, I know. I know. <laughs> this movie deserved every Oscar it got, and yep, I watch it, you know, all the time. It's one of my favorite movies. It's so so good. I envy anyone who hasn't seen it yet to experience this for the first time. Yeah. Oh, Christ. I mean, I first watched it when I was like fifteen, and I thought this is art. <laughs> this is beautiful. It's magic. Yeah, it's and it's magic. ruthless and it's grisly. It's the mob. It never shies away from that. It never shies away from making you think this is a lavish lifestyle, kind of like Goodfellas does. But The Godfather, it's more like, this is who you are. Yeah. And there's no escaping that. And all three films deal with that idea mm-hmm. that Corleone is a mobster. There is no other life for a Corleone. Oh, brilliant. <laughs>
1: brilliant stuff. Love well, The Godfather. Me too. me too, me I, too. I thought about it, obviously, for a long time. I thought about both parts. I, they didn't make it into yours? No. Oof. No. damn. Well, well, I actually, as far as Coppola goes, my favorite movie that he's done is The Conversation. I don't even have that in here. So. God damn. The 70s are hard, man. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Down right. to the top fives. All right. Send it home. We know your five is Halloween. Yes. My five is going to be Stanley Kubrick again, 1971, A Clockwork Orange. Right on. Um, yeah. This is a book I fell in love with when I was like 17. Again, if you've listened before, I, I dropped out of high school. So for me to find a book was like, it was weird. It was weird for me to find a book that is as intense as Anthony Burgess's writing style. Yeah, you can barely fucking understand it, but I couldn't put it down. I couldn't put it down because the subject matter was so interesting to me, and I knew, I knew, I knew. Obviously, I needed to see the movie, and I haven't stopped since I bought it. I actually have two copies of it, uh, just cause I guess I don't know if I ever <laughs> wanted someone to borrow it. I have a Blu Ray and like the original, like the old DVD, and yeah, it's just um, one of the most evil. Horrible movies I've ever seen. <laughs> I've ever seen, but I, but I I love, I love every second of it. Um, uh, Malcolm McDowell. Oh boy. Whew, this guy. Um, why did he not have an unbelievable career? I don't know. I'm not sure. But this has always been my favorite performances of his. I recently watched a movie from 1968 called If. Awesome performance. Very similar to this one as well. Actually, Alex. But yeah, uh, him as Alex, and obviously the movie is based around Alex, his character. That journey is unlike any journey I've ever seen for an individual in a movie. Uh, this just punk ass, like punk ass dude. Also in a post-apocalyptic like England, which is really interesting. Interesting that it never really comes up. No, it's just there. It's just, yeah. it's just the time. It's, it's just so fascinating. Uh, the movie is, we talk about atmosphere a lot. It is so atmospheric. What genre would you classify this
0: film as? I don't know. Because I've heard it sci-fi. I've heard sci-fi. I've heard horror. I've heard drama. I've heard action. I've heard everything. I would call it a Stanley Kubrick film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: I, this is one of those that like I don't want to tell my mom how much I love it, you know? Because it, it is, yeah, it's, it's evil. It's evil as it fuck, is evil. man. It's yeah. messed up. And I, I don't condone, obviously, this kind of anger, this kind of, these actions and this violence. It's rated NC-17. Hmm. Straight up. Yeah, yeah, and like, A lot of, like, during the 70s, a lot of, like, libraries in the United States would just, no way would they have this in there. That kind of thing. But that just
0: fueled people's desire to want to see this. Exactly.
1: It fuels people like us to, like, well, what's there? Yeah. What's in it? What's in it that's so bad, you know? I've seen way worse movies than this, of Ah, course. Yeah. Um, I've been completely desensitized by weird, um, because that's, like, what we watch. (laughs) When you (laughs) watch horror a lot, that's kind of what happens. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, The the Clockwork Orange... I, I don't, yeah, again, I don't want to, like, say that I'm, like, yeah, like, that kind of, that kind of action and that kind of, is cool. I just think it's a cool movie. I think it's a fascinating piece of filmmaking. Yeah. I think the colors are so fucking vibrant. And you got, like, this weird-ass character who's, like, listening to, why is he listening to this music? It's classical music, and he's hanging out with, like, his giant-ass snake. Ludwig van. What is wrong with this guy, you know? And, you know, uh, Steaky Wakies and Aggie Waggies, man, you know? Um,
0: I couldn't get through the book. I
1: know, I know. We've talked about it, yeah. which again is like I, again. I can't say how low my confidence was when I was like seventeen, eighteen, or how dumb I felt because I dropped out of high school and I was failing everything. But then you find stuff that's you find stuff, and you're like, you know what? I don't need a fucking scholastic history book. I'll I'll, I'll read Anthony Burgess's stuff. I'll learn way more from that kind of dialogue and that kind of writing style than some book, you know, some history book. That's just how I feel, and I feel like movies have changed the way I think about myself. It made me feel more confident in the way I talk because of movies. You know, I, I never finished high school. So it's always like been a thing that's on my mind. Always, always will be always bring it up as like a like formative thing for me. Yeah. And movies like this, when you're like at that age, you're like, man, you know, I'm finding stuff that's feels, it feels like it was made for me. It's weird, you know? And, and that's, that's such a cool time to be in when you're like 17, 18, 19, you're like really finding your art, you know? Ah, oh, what a time. I wish I could go back to that time. honestly, but now, here I am. I've seen this movie countless times. Uh, I share it with all my friends, you know, if they haven't seen it, which is which is weird if they haven't. <laughs> I used to go to the Corova Milk you know Bar in downtown San Antonio until they shut it down. Um, I used to go see concerts there all the time. I loved it. You know, I loved that place. It's a bar right here in San Antonio. It was, had posters all over the wall of Clockwork Orange. It's called the Corova. So cool, you know. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I could talk about it endlessly. I think it's just... One of those movies that just will always pop out at me as like, and if I hear someone say it, I'm like, ah, yeah. <laughs> we, we immediately have a weird fucked up connection, don't we? <laughs> well, that's louder than usual, huh?
0: That's a weird one.
1: Yeah, we got the, the car people are wilding out
0: uh, below us right now. Yeah, I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> or why oh it's not God, stopping. Oh God, it sounds like a hoverboard or something. <laughs> it is vibrating the floor. <laughs> that is, so, If you can hear that, I'm sorry. They don't like a clock of orange. Whoa. Oh, Jesus Christ. What, what is that going on? I my apartment was about to explode. That was very is weird. A, is there
1: a UFO above what us?
0: What in the hell was that? Oh, we close encounter recorded right here. Jesus Christ. Well, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Clockwork Orange is a great movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of my Jesus. favorite Silly Kubrick movies. It yeah. was nearly on my list. Uh, didn't make the cut by just like a bit. It was so close. But uh, yeah, man. That was your number five? Yeah yeah. And your five was Halloween? My five is Halloween. Alright. Jesus.
1: <laughs> have anything anything else to say about Halloween? I mean. Not really I think I covered it. We yeah, can always, you I can always go back to it because we always will. It is, yeah. Because it's always gonna come up as one of those Yeah, it's the sla- it's the quintessential slasher.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we'll go to my uh um so my number four? Uh or what I, order do I we- haven't said my four yet. All right. Yeah, because we four. got okay. Do your four.
1: Yeah, so my my five is clockwork just to get everybody
0: back <laughs> people below us, man. Oh, my yeah. God. I don't know what that was. We apologize. <laughs> but I don't even know if you could hear that, but I bet you could.
1: Yeah. And if not, we definitely made it clear what was happening. Jesus, that was weird. Uh, okay, so my five was Clockwork, yours of Halloween. My four is uh, William Friedkin again, be French Connection. I knew that was coming. Uh, yeah. Best yep. Picture winner. One of, the, yeah, one of the quintessential 70s movies. Uh, ridiculous performances from Hackman and Scheider. And we talked about it recently because yep. I wanted to pair it with I want to pair it with The Exorcist as a Friedkin. Let's just do a back to back. My two favorite movies by him. Um, oh, The French Connection. My favorite chase scene of any movie ever. Oh yeah, is in The <laughs> French Connection. There's multiple of them. Uh, they happen quite often. And Gene Hackman, <laughs> irredeemable piece of shit cop who I can't stand if I met him in real life, but I can't stop watching him on the screen. It's
0: Gene Hackman in a nutshell, it's, right there. Yeah,
1: yeah, no <laughs> kidding. Uh, yeah, The French Connection. I'm really glad you got to see it.
0: Yeah, for the first time.
1: Yeah, it's one of the, it's one of those 70s staples. It always will be. Um, best picture winner again from early 70s and it just it'll just blow your mind. As far as action movies go, it'll blow your mind. And as far as like drug movies go, you know, like it, it's all that like, cop movies, you know. It's just it's
0: got it all wrapped into one everything we love about that kind of style movie. Well, I love that I I've, I've been on a Breaking Bad rewatch yeah. for the past few weeks and there was a scene I finally understood a reference to the French Connection. Yes. When Hank's talking about how he wishes he got to take down Heisenberg like Popeye Doyle waving at him. Yeah. Like, oh,
1: I got it. I so like, yes. at first you're like, man, what is he talking about? Popeye? What?
0: And then bam. <laughs> I bam. get it now. It's great. Hank makes so many
1: cool references on, on that show. I, <laughs> yeah. He's awesome. <laughs> I think you understand more why Dean Norris and Hank Schrader are my, was my favorite performance Without on the a show. Doubt. Yeah. Once you watch it again, you're like, holy shit. Yeah. He's great. Oh, yeah. And then A Better Call Saul. Wow,
0: yeah. <laughs> awesome stuff, yeah. man. Your number four? My number four is one of the funniest films ever made. And oh, 1974? No. 70s? 75. 75, okay. Monty Python yes. and the Holy yeah, Grail. Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Awesome. It's a film that, it was the Monty Python Troops' second film. Their uh-huh. first was 1971's And Now for Something Completely Different, yeah. which was more of a s- sketch comedy sh- movie anyway. This had more of a. This was a plot. This was King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table on a quest for the Holy Grail, and it is hysterical. One of the funniest movies ever made, not just in the '70s but ever. And I love it to death. It's so weird. It's another movie that's hard to sell if you mm-hmm. don't know what Monty Python is. Yeah, which is hard to believe. Yeah, there are people. It's weird. Yeah, but Monty Python, British comedy troupe, Graham Chapman, John Cleese, Eric Idle, Terry Jones, Michael Palin, and Terry Gilliam, all of them. M- Mind-blowingly hilarious people. So glad they found each other. Yeah. <laughs> and they had what they call their Holy Trinity, which was Monty Python and the Holy Grail, 1978's Life of Brian, which barely didn't make this list. I love that movie too. It's so good. And is The Meaning of Life, which is not as good, but still funny at, at times. Not totally for me, yeah. But Holy Grail is on a different level, man. It is so weird. Things like The Black Knight and The Killer Rabbit have all become iconic at this point. <laughs> I got to see the live show Spamalot at the oh, beginning nice. of this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so funny. And uh, yeah, I just, I adore Holy Grail and I can't wait for an opportunity to talk about it on the show. Well, we will. Yeah. We will. We'll find a <laughs> way.
1: That was your number four?
0: That was my number four.
1: Here we go. Down to the top threes. Um, I think you probably know my three. Do I? I mean, <laughs> Rome Plansky I have to go there.
0: Yep. Here I we gotta, go.
1: I got to go there, man. <laughs> So Roman Polanski, we did an episode, episode 10 of the entire film guys podcast is focused solely on his, his filmography and the, yeah. the, the crazy career he has had, which I won't get into. There's no point, but I chose from a number three movie, 1974 is Chinatown. Chinatown. One of Jack Nicholson's best performances, Roman Polanski's best movie. Ooh. Uh, maybe Rosemary's baby. I don't know. It's tough. Uh, I just think Chinatown is perfect. I don't see a flaw in it. Uh, I'm still like surprised by the ending, which is weird. I've seen it like 12 times. I don't know <laughs> how I still find like that, that sensation over and over. Um, yeah. Again, I think it hinges, obviously hinges upon Jack Nicholson being fucking dominant on the screen and being one of the best actors to ever live here, here in America anyway. And he, he just has a way in this movie. Huh. He just has a way that I, I, I'll, again, we talked about the shining, of course, a bunch We talked about one Flew over, I don't, any of those three, man, you know, you can point to as his, his, that's his best work, you know? Those three to me are just untouchable. And he, ah.
0: It's a hell of a run. It really is. It, yeah,
1: his 70s, 80s is, is pretty scary. <laughs> how did this guy not lose his mind? Yeah. Playing all these characters. You know? Some
0: psychos, man.
1: And working with these wild directors, yeah. I, Chinatown, I personally, personally wish it would have beat Godfather Part Two. <laughs> that just would have been such a fascinating thing to look at. Uh, but I, I get it. The Godfather one and two, it looks clean. looks great. When you're looking down, you're like, yeah, those won. Yeah. Those deserve to win. I just think Chinatown is, um, holds its own. Definitely holds its own against any other seventies movie. Against any other movie period. I, I don't see anything wrong with Chinatown. It's fucking awesome.
0: <laughs> right on, man.
1: One of the, oh, it's probably one of the first Blu-rays I ever owned. I just bought it on a whim. I didn't know who Plansky was. It's like, I bet that's like a good classic movie. You know, <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. I bought it, watched it. Whoa. Wow. And, then I, and then I read about it I was like, oh, there's like all this, all of this behind this movie, you know, it's, 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 it's a, it's a monumental film because the guy who made it, you know, and his, what's followed after, um, very shortly after 74. Yeah. Right about that time. Um, you know, just a crazy life that guy had. I, 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 I encourage anyone to go back and listen to episode 10. It's a really good episode. Yeah. one my of My personal ferrets. favorite. Yeah. One of my favorites we've ever done
0: too. It's, it's awesome. So uh, what's your number three? My number 3 is also in my top 5 favorite episodes of all time. 1974's Young Frankenstein. I knew that was coming. <laughs> I was like, "Where the fuck is Young Frankenstein? <laughs> Mel Brooks' masterpiece. One of the another hilarious movie, Gene Wilder's maybe his greatest performance. I think so. And just Lights Out funny as movie. Yeah. But also a really good Frankenstein movie. Maybe the best one to ever do the yeah, Frankenstein story. Exactly. <laughs> Who would have thought Mel Brooks and Gene Wilder would accomplish that? And I couldn't say enough about Young Frankenstein. If you haven't seen Young Frankenstein, what are you doing with your life? Get, Get off, off this podcast Get and go off watch life. that. Yeah. Go watch Young Frankenstein. And then go
1: listen to our episode about it. Oh
0: yeah. yeah. One of I, I haven't laughed harder in my life than the, when we did Young Frankenstein on the show. <laughs> that was so much fun. And still one of my favorite movies. <laughs> Young Frankenstein. It's wonderful, man. Their wolf. Their castle. Oh, I could yeah, I could go I, I could go in on. So great, any day of the week, man. Without a doubt, man. <laughs> <laughs> Young oh. Frankenstein. All right. Well, you know my
1: one. Yes. So here's my two from the same year. <laughs> Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Monster movies are really cool, and I think he did it the best ever. Still, and that would be Jaws from mm. 1975.
0: We got overlap. That. What's that? That's my number one. I, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep, you did it to me. <laughs> Just not as early. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's 1A, it's one 1B one for, for, for One Flower and Jaws. Came yeah. from the same year, which is crazy. <laughs> what a year.
0: 75. Hey,
1: Jaws is arguably the most important American film ever. It changed the summer calendar forever. It changed what people were looking for in summer movies. It changed what people were looking for in the theater in general. It changed what you could do with a horror movie. Less is more. Yeah it changed everything everything about cinema it, it gave
0: spielberg the chance to become well yeah i mean spielberg
1: which is a treat in its own i mean yeah for, for that for that guy to like start his career you know doing something like this is just so ballsy so confident so almost arrogant before we
0: knew that you could do that you could build a fucking shark and not show it that often and it'd be that scary it started an entire subgenre of films that never even came close to topping this one no
1: no <laughs> Still, Ugh. no monster movie will ever touch Jaws. Nope. And the and the one that does is Jurassic Park. It's by the same fucking guy, you know. And that's a that's a bunch of dinosaurs. This is a, a giant shark and three men battling out for like a forty five minutes. The
0: ultimate man versus nature movie.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it really is. And then you got you got some stuff in there that it's just like iconic from not even like the horror genre or even like the sci fi genre or anything anything other than drama. It's like You got Roy Scheider just being a good actor and him and his kid, you know, sitting down and the kid copying everything he's doing. Ah, chills. Or how about them drinking together? Dreyfus, you know, Shaw and all the the lads out on the boat
0: telling stories drunk as shit. Come on. Dude, for me, it's Robert Shaw scratching the chalkboard. Oh, iconic intro of like... I'll catch him, yeah. I'll catch the the beast for you. (laughs) Yeah. For $10,000, you can have the head, the tail, the whole damn thing. The whole damn fish. (sighs) Ugh. Y'all Eating those know. weird ass crackers, yeah. God. It is, it's perfect. He's the ultimate, he's Captain Ahab.
1: It's beautiful. Perfect movie. Yeah. <laughs> sure, we, yeah. We, we got to see this in theaters together. Yes, we did. One of the best days of my life. <laughs> seeing Jaws on the big screen, seeing those iconic shots when Shider realizes what's going on. Oh, I just get, I get, I feel, I, I feel so lucky to have been able to do that. Oh, man. I I love
0: Jaws. <laughs> I couldn't say enough about Jaws. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. one of
1: the greatest movies. We'll, films we'll be time. doing it again, just like we did The Shining, like for a double. We'll do Jaws again. Oh, it's why not? just one of those movies, never going to stop coming up. Yeah, and again, monster movies. This is it. This is the this is the the Mecca, the fucking Mecca, the the dawn. You know, it's <laughs> it's, it's it's it. You know, it's Jaws. It's fucking Jaws. I, and we've talked about how, like, we're surprised if people haven't seen something. This is, like, the number one. Like, yeah, how have you not seen John? If I find out. What's wrong with you? If I
0: make a new friend and I find out they haven't seen Jaws, that becomes my new mission. I I don't you know, gotta I'm just, watch I'm Jaws. Just, I'm just not friends with them anymore. <laughs> I have to make this person's life better.
1: No, there's no hope, man. If they haven't seen Jaws, no hope. The Thing is a little bit different. I haven't seen The Thing yet. And you're like, dude, Austin, you gotta, like, you gotta see The Thing if you wanna understand horror, you know? And that's true. But Jaws, you haven't seen Jaws. I don't even know if I. There's no hope for you. What conversation are we going to have? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Come on, man.
1: If One you- of, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: One of these days, I need to get out to Lake Travis and do Jaws on the we Water. Have we have to. I have to. Got to do that. We have to. I've tried so many times. I always miss it. <sighs> yeah, I have to do that oh, before be- I die. Yes. Jaws on the Water. Got to. Yeah, just,
1: just, yeah, it's one of the best horror movies
0: ever. For those of you who don't know, Alamo Drafthouse, through their Rolling Roadshow program, show Jaws on a giant inflatable screen on Lake Travis, where people can sit on inner tubes and float on the water while they watch Jaws, and they have divers grab your legs. It's unbelievable. Oh, it's the coolest experience. I gotta go. I want to do that so bad. I gotta go. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh.
1: And I'm going to talk in uh, Robert Shaw the whole time. you know, The whole time. I'm just going to be Shaw. just going to... Just be All
0: New right. England Fisherman. Farewell, and I do the affairs, Spanish <laughs> ladies. Just what about this out. one? <laughs> oh, my God. So good, man. Oh, yeah. I love it. I get pumped just talking about Jaws. It's one of those movies, you know? Yeah, and it's your number one. So what's your number two? My number two is a film that's been with me for almost as long as Back to the Future. It's a film that could tie with Little Shop of Horrors for my favorite musical, 1971's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. (laughs) A couple Gene Wilder, huh? Yeah, back to back. That's pretty crazy. You're a big fan. I'm a huge fan of Gene Wilder. Rest in uh, peace. Rest in peace. Oh, dude, broke my heart. Willy Wonka was a movie made almost entirely to sell candy bars. And the movie was infinitely more successful than the candy bar program was. Yeah. The movie is so whimsical, but so sarcastic and dark. It is perfect. Willy Wonka, Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka is the best. He doesn't give a fuck. And I love that. Yeah. He is constantly endangering these kids. Yeah. And doesn't care about what happens to them because nah. he knows they're bad kids. Yeah, fuck them. But the... <laughs> <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> the Oompa Loompas and just the set design and everything about it is gold. It's endearing. It's fun. And it's... It's charming and it's it just makes me smile when I watch Willy Wonka. Which is sometimes what you fucking need out of movies. It really is. Especially right now. If I'm having a bad day, if I really am just having a shitty day, I'm going to go home and I'm going to put on Willy Wonka and I'm going to feel a little bit better. Yeah. So Indeed. That, yeah.
1: Indeed. And that's the power of film. Without a doubt. Sometimes can just make your day better. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? The thing, the thing is for you and I, we can watch like a really dark movie that'll make our day better too. Yeah. Jaws will make my day better. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, man.
1: Oh man, so so my number one is One Flew Over. Here's is Jaws. Yes, unbelievable decade, <laughs> so powerful, and we've covered so many of these movies, which is what I love about that. I love that we're talking about movies we've talked about before, and we have a lot of passion for. Yeah, lots of great horror. Oh, I had a very very hard time keeping Carrie out of this list.
0: Carrie, <laughs> uh, it like it like it was
1: between that and Halloween. I was like, oh my god, this decision and The Omen. Those are great horror movies, man. <laughs> like <laughs> legendary horror movies. I also thought a little bit about this. Might be a surprising, but The Wicker Man. The Wicker Man. The fucking frightening movie. That is an unsettling. It's very seventies, you know. I just, I thought about a lot. Seventies are awesome. So awesome. It's we talked about in this podcast post haze Code. Obviously, the seventies is the most fresh. Some people are going to be exper- experimenting the most. Yeah. And it shows, man. It shows. Didn't Suspiria come out in the seventies? Seventy-seven. Yeah.
0: Suspiria. Yeah. Good. Ki- good. Good idea. Good pick.
1: Yeah, there, there's yeah there's so much, so much gorgeous stuff, uh, so much dark stuff, so much, you know every it's everything. There's great gangster films in that decade. It's got it all. It's got it all.
0: I didn't really struggle that much with this list. Um, I knew what most of them were going to be from the get go. Assault and Precinct Thirteen is one I I almost put in there. I thought about yeah. And a Clockwork Orange. Those were tough. Uh, original Star Wars. I I struggled with that one a bit. Uh. deer hunters I love the deer hunter deer hunter's great so good
1: um (laughs) the sting I'm a big fan of the sting haven't seen the sting as far as the 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 winners go yeah
0: Patton's awesome (laughs) long as shit but it's awesome Barry Lyndon Barry Lyndon's good but I think I've only seen it once I wasn't as jazzed by it as I was with a lot of other Kubrick work Yeah, yeah but it is good it's good
1: Try I, to think. Well, that that year, man, that seventy five
0: Dog Day Afternoon. It's just an insane. I really like Duel. Yes, yes, that's a great movie. Yes, seventy one. Uh, Serpico is my favorite Al Pacino performance. Seventy three.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and it, it's hard to believe that that was wedged in between the Godfathers. Pretty crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, man.
1: And it also, I will admit one of my one of the reasons I love Serpico is because it's always sunny when Charlie dresses up as. <laughs> <laughs> awesome episode yes and and frank and dennis are like cop are fake cops yeah. he does such a good pacino it's crazy
0: it's, it's actually <laughs> pretty mind-blowing yeah how good charlie is at some of that stuff yeah uh i really like and this is kind of an off the wall one but i really like 1978 superman okay i think christopher reeve didn't seen that in a while yeah. it's a really good movie yeah and i mean gene hackman does a great luthor oh yeah uh i do remember that <laughs> It's it's a good version. It's uh, the first two Superman movies kick ass. Superman two especially that movie's fucking gold. But uh, yeah, I would have if I had a if I had a longer list, Superman would probably be in there. It's a good yeah. One. Well, I think we could do top twenty. Top Blazing 30 Saddles. Oh, Thought about that one. <laughs> movie, the movie doesn't aged <laughs> hasn't aged too no too <laughs> well compared to Young Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah. Young Frankenstein's decidedly a lot less racist. Yeah,
1: there's a guy I work with. not going to say his name. He's, he's an interesting guy. He told me that's his favorite movie of all time, and I was like, yeah. Saddles. you're probably not going to be a guy I get along with too well. <laughs> 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 oh, man. That's all right, well, let's go, let's go back down. Yeah. Back down the, uh, the, old, the old top 10 here. Uh, my number 10 for the 70s is Halloween from 1978. Number nine, Taxi Driver, 76. The Exorcist, 73. Coffee, 73. Assault on Precinct 13, 1976. A Clockwork 71, French Connection. Number three, Chinatown, 74,
0: Jaws, 75, and number one, One Flew
1: Over the Cuckoo's Nest, also 1975. Fantastic. Yeah.
0: My top ten. Number 10, one Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Number nine, Rocky. Number eight, Enter the Dragon. Number seven, The Omen. Number six, The Godfather. Number five, Halloween. Number four, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Number three, Young Frankenstein. Number two, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And number one, Jaws. That top three is so cool. Yours, <laughs> it's so fucking random. It is, dude. Gene Wilder, I adore that man with all of my heart, and he's great. Yeah, I mean, we got to do Willy Wonka someday. Oh, we will. Yeah. What What do we do, Young and Frankenstein for? That was a That was an episode. And, and we're doing Spaceballs. Oh, that's right. We stuck yeah. with yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. We bent the rules a bit for Young Frankenstein.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Spaceballs was a lot of fun too. Yeah, man. Because we got to see that in theaters as well. Yes. What, um. I was trying to think. Oh So we saw Jaws was the first like old movie we saw together. Yes. And what else have we seen beside that? Burbs, Tommy did, Boy, the Burbs, Tommy Boy, Spaceballs. That might be it. That might be it. Yeah. That's still that's such an awesome. Because we've
0: we've had schedule issues where yeah, we yeah,
1: well we had yeah, ugh, I fucked that one up with the Big Lebowski. I was so mad because they told me mm-hmm. I had this day off at work, and then when I got my schedule, I was like, uh, I need that night off. And he what? was like, Oh you, know, you got to work. Yeah. I was like, Yeah, but my friend got tickets to the Big Lebowski. And he's like, "What's that?" I'm like, "Oh, uh, you're not going to reason with me at all. Fuck you." <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I remember a couple of years ago, I had like when you were still working, we were, uh, we were both still working at Draft House, but like you worked at like a opposite schedule than I did. Mm-hmm. So I tried to get like The Shining and uh, Starship Troopers, and it just never worked out.
1: Yeah, but, I would uh, be like working at the yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> I think did did you go to the Fight Club one? I did go to the Fight Club. I was look. working.
0: At yeah, there, I and I you kind of just sat there. You <laughs> came up and just sat <laughs> next to me on the stairs for a bit. <laughs>
1: I did that with, uh, they showed days confused. I didn't work a fucking second that night. I just sat my ass in the, that's theater. awesome. man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I probably wouldn't get rehired there if I, ever, <laughs> if I ever wanted to, but I don't want to. Um, yeah, no, I, I do want to uh, talk about, obviously we don't know when this is exactly gonna be released. Hopefully yeah. things are a little bit back to normal. Hopefully with theater going and stuff, but yeah, people hanging in there you
0: know with whatever's going on we don't totally know no just hang in there y'all you know stay positive we're doing what we can on our end to provide quality content here and yeah that's pretty much all we can do yeah so we're gonna keep doing this and uh keep enjoying it and we're hoping that you enjoy it as well indeed and that's you know the best we can do yeah <laughs> so thank you for listening to our top 10 of the 70s we don't know what we got coming for you but it's gonna kick ass we know Hell that. yes so we'll we'll talk to you later and uh stay safe peace Mmm.